Find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. So what uh, what are we talking about? Just to make sure, are we talking about Lovecraft Country? I'm doing. Uh, it's just going to be uh, what I call a news and reviews episode. Okay, perfect, because I haven't so, watched Lovecraft Country. Yet, oh no, so. we're not. I'm not going to go. I mean, I will talk about Lovecraft Country, but I'm not going to go into depth because I don't think Rick has watched it either. Um, so, uh, yeah. But just we're we're just going to talk about some of the stuff that we have been watching, and we may do some trivia towards the end of the ep- episode. Uh, as well so have you seen i have you seen bill and ted face the music yes i have okay well we can talk about that a little but we can't spoil it for rick even though i don't think rick is gonna watch it <laughs> I don't, there's not much to spoil i'm yeah. just saying I, they spoiled most of it themselves i mean when they did that panel back in um was it at the was it at comic-con i think they did a panel and uh they said, oh, yeah, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. And it's like, you guys are telling the whole movie. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched that. I watched Mulan. I'm trying to think of what else I've watched. I'm going to watch Mulan tonight when we get done. It's, it's good. I liked it. Yeah. Umbrella Academy, season two. Uh, I never finished season one, and it's not because I didn't like it. I think I just lost the thread of it because there was some, I was trying to watch so many different things. Because I want to watch the boys. That's the that's two. the beauty of right now. There's there's not that much coming out, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, I got the free trial of uh, HBO Max. You know they let you use it for free for a week because I wanted to try and I wanted to see how much I'd actually watch it, which I think is going to be a good deal because Jacob, my grandson, loves Sesame Street, and they've got like. They've got all the modern... they got every episode of Sesame Street up through the last 10 years or so. And then they've, really? got a, they've got a ton of classic episodes that go all the way back to the 70s. Yeah. So... Um, I used to I used to have uh, Sesame Street videos on my iPad when, they, when it first came out. Mm-hmm. That my son knew how to use and find which video he wanted to watch before he could read. He just knew which ones to press. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's Sesame incredible. Street. Sesame Street is his thing right now. He's he loves Cookie Elmo's Monster. World. Cookie Monsters. Yeah, he likes Elmo's World, but he, Cookie Monster is his favorite character. So, which I'm yeah, fine. Cookie Monster makes me <laughs> mad. He wastes so many cookies. <laughs> uh, they're all made of styrofoam, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I have noticed. Um, I've watched a, a few episodes with him some of the modern episodes uh, the stuff that's actually come out this year and stuff they rely on animation a lot more than they used to um i don't know if it's just i don't know if it's cheaper than doing the puppet they still have the puppets but they do a lot of sequences where it's the it's the sesame street characters but like a cartoon version of them i wonder if it's a way to keep the kids engaged yeah, because uh, my be. my daughter loves Daniel the Tiger's Neighborhood, but yeah. has a hard time with Mister Rogers. She'll watch an episode of Mister Rogers, but she'll mm-hmm. watch three or four of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, Mister Rogers is kind of a slow show. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it was. I, I I guess it's just because when in the eighties, we didn't have the stuff available to us that they have now. 
so Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street had a lot more appeal than it does than it does now because they can get all this flashy stuff on uh on other channels and stuff that's yeah it might teach them the alphabet as well it just teaches them in a lot more <laughs> flashy way or something cuz Sesame Street the the new Sesame Street episodes are a lot more flashy than they were when I was a kid you know are you dissing Mr. Rogers? No, no, I no, love Mr. Rogers. No, no. We're, we're, we're talking, we're talking about, about youth these days. Yeah, the, the, kids, the kids now would not be into uh, Mr. Rogers. Probably. You're you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, I tried, like, uh, um, I, I, you know, Sharon enjoyed Sesame Street up to a point, but yeah, I, I could never get her into Mr. Rogers. He was just too sedate for her. Jeff yeah, that's, you know, that's Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers had a way of connecting one-on-one with a viewer in an amazing way. I still watch episodes, and and I'm transfixed and almost hypnotized. It's a good thing that he was a good person because he could have created an army of psychopaths <laughs> if he was evil. You well, know, the funny thing is, when Sharon was a baby, or you know, like maybe like you know, one one and a half, you know, she could talk, and so we would sit there, and she'd be on my lap, and I'd put on Mr. Rogers, and I'd be sitting there bawling. Because <laughs> you know, I, this is like it's Mister Rogers, and he's gone, and it's just so he's so wonderful. And she's just like, "Daddy, this is boring." <laughs> Did you ever watch the documentary? I haven't yet. And oh, I it's, it's so good! It's so good. We went and saw it in the, the theater, uh, and the theater was sold out. I mean, no seats left, and uh, and I was amazed that that many people wanted to go see a Mister Rogers movie, but. And, and this is before coronavirus and all that, but even last year, there was so much stuff happening in politics and everything else that I think everybody was just wanting to escape back to their childhood, and that was a good way to do it, and it was it was excellent. Go ahead, Brandon. You were going to say something, I think. Uh, I, I can't remember what okay. it was, so sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm multitasking. <laughs> there were some things I forgot to do. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey so. says his videos after 9-11 telling parents that he's proud of them. I can't watch them to this day without becoming an emotional wreck. Yeah, because if you watch those videos he made after 9-11 where he's talking to adults, but he knows that they're adults that used to watch him, uh, he, he says, I've been telling you this since you were very small. <laughs> like, oh, Mr. Rogers, you've taught us so much. <laughs> Well, you know what I loved about him, and 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 this was this was kind of frustrating because I couldn't get Sharon to enjoy Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, but she loved Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Yeah, that's what Brandon was just saying. <laughs> that's what yeah. I was just saying. My daughter is the same way. And, but I don't like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood because it's everything Rogers wasn't. Rogers could talk to a three-year-old and a thirty-three-year-old in exactly the same tone. And you would not feel spoken down to or condescended to or anything like that. Daniel Tiger is condescending as hell to kids, and I hated it. But we couldn't miss an episode. I don't think it was that bad, but, I mean, it was condescending to adults. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It didn't have that universal appeal that Rogers had. It was just – I I just felt like it was talking down to kids, whereas he was always – you know, even when he didn't get down on his knees to to be on eye level with a kid, he he felt it felt like he did. He was always at eye level with you. The secret is the music. Well, it's mm-hmm. a the completely music. different kind of show because it is. I mean, Daniel I just, Tiger's Neighborhood. There's an episode where he's actually teaching you how to go to the potty and stuff. Mister Rogers wasn't going to teach you that. <laughs> I'll bet he would have if, if PBS if they'd let him. <laughs> when you get so mad that you want to roar and uh, <laughs> take a step. Now the film that they came out with last year with Tom Hanks. <laughs> 
that played Mr. Rogers. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Is it, is, that is it was, out? Oh, it's been oh, out yeah, for it's a while. Been, it came out is last it? year. Okay. Yeah. It's not a biopic. No. It's not a biopic no. at all. It's about. Uh, it, it's based on a. It's based on true stuff. Based. Based. But so I read the Vogue article afterwards, and it was like this is this is not the same people at all. Yeah, but Mister <laughs> Rogers is not the main character of that movie. That's one thing that you that that I don't think people realized. It's not a Mister Rogers movie. The movie was about the guy writing that article. Mister Rogers was the uh, supporting character, uh, mm. but but Tom Hanks did do a very good job portraying yeah, he him. Did. There's a. There's a scene in that I don't think movie. anyone else could play. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene in that movie where uh, they're sitting in a diner and Mr. Rogers starts talking about um, he starts talking about taking a moment and just contemplating and thinking about the people that mattered in your life and asks the guy, Will you will you do that with me? We can we just be silent for a minute and just contemplate on those? And he's silent. The entire restaurant gets silent. Everybody's having separate conversations and they all stop. And you also see that Mr. Rogers' real life wife is there. The guy that played Mr. McFeely is there. Yeah. And then, uh, and then slowly as they're sitting there, Tom Hanks turns and he looks straight at the camera and he's looking at you. And you realize that everything that he's just said to that, he's talking to you too. And it, th- that scene sent a chill up my spine, but it was good. Yes. That was, yeah. I think it was designed to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm 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 an atheist. I wasn't always. I've I've you know been gone through the whole spiritual journey and eventually abandoned it. Um, but every now and then, I'll meet a cleric who makes me almost want to believe, and. Uh, while you know, never obviously never met Fred Rogers. If anyone could make me believe that there is a God and that there are people that this God speaks through, it would have been him. Well, you know, he was a sniper in World War II, and he had to wear those sweaters no, he to was cover not. all the tattoos on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> about time for somebody's favorite radio program. You ready? I was born ready. Alrighty then. Hold on to your butt. For more than five years, they've been entertaining you with their discussions on classic films, Marvel, Star Wars, and more. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Now, in a time of gatekeepers and toxic fandom, They are waving the banner of inclusion, opening the conversation, and letting all perspectives be heard. Welcome to the party, pal! Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Fascinating. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody, welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, the show that knows that because of the radiation content, humans should be even more vulnerable to kryptonite than Superman. My name is Sean Ray, and joining me today is Rick. How's it going, sir? Can't breathe too much air. Oh, uh, fine. <laughs> too much, too much air. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to piggyback on your kryptonite thing, and it just it flopped. Sorry. <laughs> and Brandon, how, how's it going, sir? Good. Does that make me the Bizarro uh, Superman? If you want to, Bizarro be. Sean Ray. Me. 
Me Bizarro the Superman. <laughs> uh, okay, so a week ago, as we're recording this on September 5th, a week ago today, Chadwick Boseman passed away. Uh, he was 43 years old. He was he was diagnosed with colon cancer four years ago. Never made it pub- Never made any kind of a public announcement about it. So it really hit everybody because we didn't know. You know, we didn't know he was sick. So when you suddenly get these uh, stories coming in your news feed saying, "Hey, Chadwick Boseman died of cancer today," huh? I didn't know he had cancer. Um, not just was he, not just was he an actor. He was a superhero in our minds. Yeah. So yeah, d- double whammy. He continued to work throughout those four years. I think gave his he made pe- six goddamn movies. He gave his best performances during those years. Uh, not just Black Panther, but if you've ever seen, uh, was is it Marshall where he played Thur- Thurgood Marshall and mm-hmm. uh, Forty Two? Forty Two, I thought was a great movie. Um, I love that movie. Saw it when it came out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, there's something, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Bozeman himself. I was like, I understand, I understand when you're an actor that you might want to keep your personal life separate from your public life. Uh, you want to keep some things to yourself. You want to keep some things for just you and your family or whatever. But there's also something to be said of, Man, you're hitting your fans in the gut when we find out that you, that you died. We didn't even know you were sick. And it also makes you see the work that he did over the last four years. So my mom died from cancer four years ago. She died in 2016. And I know I, I took care of her. I helped take care of her over the last uh, couple months that she was alive. And I know how much pain she was in and how sick she get after like chemotherapy treatments and stuff like that. I cannot imagine trying to make a movie while you feel that way or try to do when you're doing a movie like black Panther, you have to do the press junket and all that, you know, and, uh, and at the same time being sick and, and not feeling great, being in a lot of pain, you probably, and stuff like that. So, I mean, whereas I understand why you would want to keep that to yourself, it kind of, it just kind of strikes your your fans from out of nowhere when they don't even know that you're dealing with anything like that. I, I, you know, I, 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 I hear where you're coming from, and I've had similar thoughts. Uh, I thought along those lines when uh, Alan Rickman died, because that also we had no idea he was sick. They, they yeah, you know, they kept it quiet. Um, Bozeman was actively. Uh, preventing people from knowing and and you know his people were were you know keeping it i'm sure that you know there there had to be a you know people involved in the movies he was making who knew because you know we're we're talking millions of dollars being invested and they've got to know whether their star is going to make it through the movie or not um but i can also i there was a there was a post on facebook uh, a couple days after he passed away, and I wish I could remember what exactly it said, but it was it was along the lines of, um, he didn't he didn't want to be remembered as the actor who had cancer. He didn't want to let the disease define him. Uh, you know he he was fighting 
the illness. He he you know he never gave up. Mm-hmm. He you know like I said there he made four movies that went be, that that have already come out. And there's if you go to IMDb, there's two movies that he made that are in post production right now. Um, and he also was like doing the press things and visiting sick children in in hospitals, all while having chemotherapy and surgery after surgery. And you know, apparently at one point uh, he he told somebody, uh, you know, he was losing weight for a role. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and so. When I saw that, I, I I went, all right. First of all, star you know, stars don't owe us a, a, a goddamn. Thing. No, no, that's true. That is true. Um, and 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 that's not what you're saying. I, I know that's not what you're saying. Um, so, you know, and and this was analyzing my own feelings. You know, going back to you know to Rickman and stuff. You know, at what point do does does you know. It falls into that awful, I paid your salary. You know, I paid $7 to see your movie, therefore you owe me your life. You know, that kind of crap. Um, But the fact that the Chadwick Boseman we remember is, uh, you know, virile and heroic and just an amazingly just nice guy from all reports. Um, You know, I, I... my mother died from cancer in 2008. Um, you know, mu- literally two months before I started podcasting. She never heard me do a podcast. She never met my daughter. Uh, and it was grueling, more for her than us, but obviously, you know, the survivors are the ones that have to have to carry it around. But we found out after she died that she had known that she was sick a year before and never told anybody. Yeah. And that was infuriating. Um but if someone, you know, if if someone is it's a different situation. She was in denial. Um it was, you know, obvious he was not in denial, but I can certainly see wanting to keep something like that to yourself because there's also a level of Okay, he he was freaking Black Panther. Money was not a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not like he needed a GoFundMe <laughs> to, to get through the chemo or Which, anything like by that. By the way, I have to. I have my, I have my new Black Panther artwork on the wall. For the, yep, I bought that um, that last weekend. So, but you know, he seemed like a really humble guy, and it may have been a matter of there are people who have it far worse than I do, and I don't. You know, I don't, I don't maybe deserve. I don't. I don't. You know, I have no idea, but I could certainly see it being like. I'm going to, you know, people are going to start sending flowers and condolences and, you know, all of this, all of this pity and stuff where there are, you know, people who have it far worse. Uh, so, you know, the, I, I, I don't know that that's the, that was the situation with them, but I could easily see that being. Yeah. And I can also see that, um, being Black Panther and him knowing what kind of a movie it was going to be because, uh, we never really had we've had there have been black superheroes before but there's never been a movie a superhero movie where the majority of the cast is is african american and also like futuristic and super you know super science fiction and all that and he knew that it was going to be a first he didn't want to overshadow that 
with, oh, look, look how great he's doing for a guy who has cancer. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to, you don't want to be, oh, he's doing so great in spite of, you know, he just, he wanted to be on it. But when you also see all the interviews and stuff where people comment on, on him losing a lot of weight and you see a lot of hateful comments that were done online at the time about how much weight he lost and stuff like that. And, uh, and now you realize why he had lost that much weight, man, it just breaks my heart thinking about it. If you think uh, I've been lucky enough in my life that I haven't lost anybody close to me with from cancer, so I don't know what it's like to be on the family side of things. But I, I, I think I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's morbid, but there are times where I think to myself, "What would I do in this cir- circumstance?" And I've thought about that with Chadwick Boseman, and I, I've, I thought about it, I was like, you know, if I got diagnosed with cancer, would I tell my kids? How soon would I tell my kids? When would I tell my kids? Um, because I don't want them thinking about me as you know, you know, dad's dying, um, and I don't want, and I don't want to shatter their image of who I am as a superhero. And to tie that together, and for a lot of people, especially not not just Black Panther, but especially after Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman was a superhero. Yeah, and. He, from I, I've I've read reports, I've read interviews where people said that he hate not hated, but it was just so old and boring, uh, the Wakanda Forever salute. But he never failed to return it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he never failed to do it with pride, because it meant something to the people that he that that he was seeing, and he, and so I would imagine that some of it also wasn't just the hey I want my privacy, but also. I don't want you to have to carry this weight. And just based on everything else that he, he'd done in his career, he, uh, his first acting role I found out was uh, a soap opera and a week into the soap opera, he was reading his character and they wanted, they basically wanted to make him a gang kid kind of a thing. And he's like, "Mm, this is really stereotypical and not how it was presented to me and he struggled because he's like this is not who I am but is this what I but this is my first job mm-hmm. and yeah. do I want to do this on my first job and he decided no I can't I can't take this role yeah. I can't do this so he filmed a week of all, all my children or some of the days of our lives I can't remember which one it was yeah. uh, and then he and then he left and so they hired Michael B. Jordan to replace him and they rewrote the role. They they changed it. And he, he made a difference there. And then he played his he he took a role playing Jackie Robinson, and then Black Panther. And he he very much knew what he was doing in the roles. And he had decided before cancer that he was going to he was going to take impactful roles. Does that mean I you know I don't know his entire filmography. Maybe he did a commercial at one point of a. For a dish soap or something like that, but that doesn't mean that he that he didn't want to make that difference. And so, but from everything that I saw, he was he was always conscious about how the roles that he took could make mm-hmm. could make a difference. Yeah. And so, I, I part of me wonders if, and it's all speculation on my end, but part of me wonders if some of it was him not wanting to destroy hope in his fans' souls, so to yeah. say. 
you've also got the aspect of if you're looking at it from you're looking at it from a movie standpoint they're going to keep making movies they're going to I mean Black Panther 2 has been on the docket for a long time already and I've seen a lot of uh, headlines coming out and a lot of people commenting online saying that well now Marvel's going to have to go in and they're going to have to change this and this and this I'm like we didn't know that Chadwick had cancer. That doesn't mean Disney didn't know that, that yeah. he had cancer. He had, they have contracts. They have all kinds of, he had to, he had to have disclosed it to somebody. There's a good chance that his final scenes have already been filmed. And Black Panther, we don't know what direction that movie was headed in. I mean, we, we, we can say, well, Black Panther's going to have to wait a while to come out because they're going to have to change things. They may have already been planning for this. You know, he, they may have already filmed the same. Everything has to wait a while. Yeah. yeah, Well, yeah, yeah. But for other reasons. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. You were saying, sorry, there was, uh, there's this big fan campaign to not recast Chadwick Boseman and, uh, and to, to your comment of Disney probably already knew this and that they should cast Shuri as, uh, Letitia Wright is, Black Panther. If so, now Disney Disney played it very. I'm not gonna say cool because that's the wrong word, but they were very professional. They didn't come right out with a "Hey, this is how it's gonna change Black Panther" because you don't do that. That's not yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and so now, now uh, the internet is going to feel like they can bully their way to get what they want if Letitia Wright is Black Panther, or. The internet's going to get all mad that they didn't get listened to, uh, and Disney's actually Disney's in a tough position. And I'll be honest, my first thought when I heard this was, "Oh, that's going to change things for Black Panther." And then my second thought was, "Boy, you're a jerk. You should shut up about that and, <laughs> and honor this guy." Well, there was a uh, go ahead. I'm on I'm on a Facebook group uh, for uh, City of Heroes, the MMO that I play. <clears throat> Excuse me, and there was a, there was a picture going around Facebook of, of Shuri and it was like something it, it, the caption was it, uh, basically don't recast make Shuri the Black Panther um, and I've seen it on several different places and I was, I'm, I'm all for it I've never read a Black Panther comic in my life but I know that at, some, at one point in the comics Shuri was the Black Panther I also know the Black Panther is a position it's not a person uh, you know T'Challa was the Black Panther that we've seen, but he was not the first, nor was he the last. Uh, you know, unlike some of the other heroes where it's like, there's another one. Cause it's you know, really like, nice. They actually clearly have already set that up yeah. in the black Panther movie. Yeah. And the first few comments were like, you know, very supportive. And then the boys started chiming in with, Oh, don't change the, the, the sex of another character. And finally I was like, Look, you idiots, I don't even read the damn comics, and I know that Shuri was the Black Panther. Shut the hell... I, I didn't put it quite that way, but... Um, I just... These these fucking incels piss me off. Pardon my French, but they just crawl out of the woodwork anytime you hint at putting a woman in the, in the lead role of one of these movies. And I'm so sick to death of these assholes. The Black Panther is not a person. Any more than the president is a person. Or, you know... The head of Shield is a person. Well, the president. You know, no, is, you're not going to read a troll. You know, but <laughs> well, I'm talking as a kind. You know, 
when they were saying, you know, trying when there was that fan theory that James Bond was a was a position and not a person, that was stupid. It was a, it was an interesting thought experiment, but no, that is not. Below seven is a position. Well, that, that's what I meant. Double seven. Well, yeah, but but James Bond. James Bond. Like, that's a person. that's a code name, and so anyone can be James. I'm like, no, that's just silly. If you want to, you know, and then Charlize Theron made Atomic Blonde, and and see, you don't need to make her James Bond to do Charlize a woman as James Bond because Atomic Blonde was amazing. Um, I my it was much better than any Bond movie I've ever seen to be in my opinion, but uh, you know. They get so caught up in. I don't. I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. It just. It just gets me so furious. Well, the whole thing with the whole things. thing with T'Challa. You don't. You don't have to recast T'Challa to recast Black Panther. It doesn't have to be T'Challa, and you don't have to yeah. kill the character. You've got. You've got a Doctor Strange movie about to come out that deals with the multiverse. You know. You can always. When things get reconciled at the end of the movie, you can always say that T'Challa is now in another universe, and we have a different Black, Black Panther now, and it's a different person altogether. And uh, you know, so there's—I mean, there's lots of ways to get around it without um, recasting the character. But I'm all for uh, Shuri being Black Panther at least at least for one film, because you know, Kill, Killmonger was also Black Panther, so you can have Shuri be Black Panther in this movie. And then get get handed off in the, for, to kill Monger, Monger for the next movie, or whatever you know. And you oh, can have I, a, a different Black Panther every movie if you want. Some some one of the one of these dickbags actually actually responded to when I said you know when I got pissed off and then said that he's like, well, sure he was only the Black Panther for like a hot minute in the comics. I'm like, lo, lo, shorter than a two hour movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one movie. <laughs> he didn't have anything else to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um Robert Pattinson has tested positive for the coronavirus. So Is that confirmed or is that still a rumor? So it's a rumor that it was Pattinson. Somebody on the set has been diagnosed. Yeah. Everything is saying that it was Pattinson. I don't know. Um but they have halted At that production. point it doesn't matter. Yeah, they yeah. At that production. point, it doesn't matter. So they're not. I mean, production has stopped on the movie, um, but the new movie is directed by Planet of the Apes filmmaker Matt Reeves. Batman is in his second year of vigilanteism and is trying to solve a series of gruesome serial killings. The case causes him to cross paths with Paul Dano's Riddler, Zoe Kravitz's Selena Kyle, and uh, Oswald Cobblepot, played by Colin Farrell. So the trailer came out uh, a couple weeks ago during DC Fandom. Rick didn't care for it. <laughs> Meh. I haven't watched it yet, to be honest. Meh. I think, I, you know, I think I'm it looks sure fantastic. it'll be fine. <laughs> it's just, it's the same thing we've been getting from Batman movies for 20 years, and I'm sick of it. I'm bored with it. Do something else. It's just another we're not, guy. We're, if, if it's the second year of, of vigilanteism, we're probably not going to see a string of pearls broken when Martha dies. Yeah, it's not going to be a, an origin yeah. story, but I think it, <laughs> I think it's kind of based on probably Batman Year One. Um, I saw the trailer and it didn't look the same as what we've gotten over and over again because he doesn't look as techy. 
He doesn't have all the the Christian Bale tech that that we saw in in those movies, and uh, it looks it's still dark. Well, yeah, it's Batman. still <laughs> it's still the black rubber suit. It's uh, you know I I you mean all up, the things that make Batman. Know, I, I'm not. Ex- <laughs> Well, but no, but they don't. And that's the thing. That's all the things that Batman's been since Tim Burton changed it. You want the bright night, not the dark night. I, you want I, Adam you West. Know, I, I, <laughs> no. I have to step away for just a second. Sorry, guys. Okay. Not, not saying we have to go all the way back to Adam West, but, you know, Batman wasn't always this dark, brooding psychopath. And that's what we're, we've been getting ever since the Michael Keaton days. And... There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm really freaking sick of it. I want something else out of Batman, not just the same damn movie over and over again. I would have been interested to see the Ben Affleck Batman, um, to see that that movie that never got made, uh, mm-hmm. because I think it would have been more comic booky than because these uh, these these movies are trying to be films and not comic book films as so to so to speak you know uh this is trying to Mm -hmm. be kind of like seven but with superheroes which yeah i I, i've never seen seven so i I can't say i I can't comment to that but uh, i like jeff hughes's comment the trailer was i'm the dark nightest dark night that ever dark night (laughs) yeah Uh, he says, I want Batman who is a detective. I think that's what this movie is. I think he's going to be more of a detective than he's going to be. See, I've heard you and I've heard other people say that, but I didn't get that out of the trailer. All I got out of the trailer was punch pow. Oh yeah. Vengeance. Bang, bang, bang. I'm saying, I'm going to talk with this goddamn stupid voice again. (laughs) Well, that was the thing about, I I never, go ahead. You know, Michael Keaton, he didn't do a voice. He just whispered when he was in the bat suit. Um, I like what Kevin Conroy does as Batman. You know, he changes his voice, but he's not doing the goddamn Christian Bale. <laughs> and and uh, well, you know, also it's all you only you only tropes. you only heard Pattinson say one like a couple of words. You don't know that that's what he's going to be doing the entire movie. <laughs> Maybe you, that's you, just what he says. You really think I'm wrong about that? No, I don't think you're wrong, but <laughs> we can't judge the entire movie off of. I am vengeance. And also, and I that's will the, be glad to be wrong, yeah. but I'm telling what I got out of that trailer was more of the same. You know, the, the thing that bugs me about all of the Batman movies is, and, and this is not, well, I, I, I don't know. And I hope you guys didn't talk about this, but the, every single Batman movie, his Batman is supposed to be the world's greatest detective, right? Mm-hmm. We have never seen him be the world's greatest detective. We have seen him be, a tech guy who can hack cell phones, right? <laughs> uh, the closest that I've ever seen Batman to being the world's greatest detective is in the Adam West movie when he when he starts going off and tying things to penguin to uh, I can't remember the quotes, but where they're grabbing all of the different villains and figuring out who's who just grabbing this means this yeah (laughs) p and gwen yeah and you know things grab jumping to conclusions that came from nowhere i don't know that i want that but i i would like a really good detective story that's Mm -hmm. all i want is a really good detective story 
gadgets great add some gadgets in there um there's a uh one of my favorite trades of batman is court of owls he's got some cool gadgets in there uh he has to be a a bit of a detective in there but and he also has to be a super ninja in there as well and it's the best of all things from batman that's that's what i want to see i want to see a detective that's a super ninja and yeah yeah give me that i've and I re- really, I think that's what this movie's going to be. I think there's going to be a lot more uh, detective work than because this is he's Batman, but he's but he's early days Batman. You know, it's around the time it's it's even it's later than what Batman Begins was. You know, it's a, it's a little bit further in than that. A couple of years, not an origin story, and uh, I don't know. I've I've got I've got. I've got good feelings about it. We'll see. <laughs> you had a lot of people that wrote it off as soon as they cast Pattinson in it because they hated Twilight or whatever. You know, that, that's a mistake. He Pattinson has done some really good things. Yeah, and at you the know, same time, people wrote off Heath Ledger and they wrote off yeah. Michael Keaton as well. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with Pattinson. Uh, I think he looks a little young for the role, but again, you know, I'm not I'm not judging anything on that because, like like you said, when Keaton was cast. Now you you kids probably don't remember, <laughs> but when they, remembers. when they announced Keaton, I was like, "Are you effing kidding me? Mister Mom is going to play Batman?" <laughs> um, you know, because at that point, I don't think even Beetlejuice had come out yet. You know, he was just oh yeah, Beetlejuice you know, came out. He it came out had it come that. out yeah. yeah. So, but you know, we just thought of him as as this comic actor who was just kind of this pudgy little guy. I'm still not entirely sold on Keaton's Batman, but it was, you know, it was a really good movie. Well, it's what was back. needed at the time. He's yeah. coming back. He's going to be in the Flash movie as Batman. Well, well, as Bruce Wayne, as Bruce Wayne. And it may end up being the same as uh when he was supposedly going to be in the the Infinite Crisis CW thing and it ended up just well, you know, being I was supposed to be in newspaper. that Infinite Crisis thing. Yeah, so. I know we all were. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're supposed to be bringing Ben Affleck's Batman back and Michael Keaton. And I heard that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was supposed to be in it too. I'm, I'm thinking he's probably going to be the Thomas Wayne. Cause if you know the flashpoint comic series in that time, in that future timeline, you find out that Thomas Wayne is Batman and Martha Wayne is the Joker. And, Spoilers. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is from a comic that came out years ago, yeah. but, uh, I'm thinking Jeffrey Dean Morgan is probably playing Thomas Wayne as Batman, but well, I mean, that's another, I hope so. Um, I mean, I will see it. I'm sure that there's no way I won't see it and I'll be happy to be wrong. Um, but I just, if, if they're not going to do something new with Batman, then stop making in the damn movie. Cause <laughs> Warner brothers will not do that because they are, they're driving their comics into the ground and just holding on to the IP and stories to make movies. And they will so stop. So we're going to see reboots. Yeah, they will stop yeah, making will, Batman you know, movies when we stop going to see Batman movies. <laughs> and people are going to go see Batman movies. I mean, Joker won an Oscar. <laughs> so, In, in uh, my opinion, Batman is probably the worst movie to to do as a superhero movie though because every there's 80 years of batman and they're all different and so everybody's got their favorite batman if, and if you do it wrong mm-hmm. then it's not my batman i'm mad about this and fans are terrible fans i i i i love fans and i hate fans all yeah. at the same time yeah mm-hmm. um okay so strange things are afoot at the circle k 
I saw Bill and Ted face the music last week. Rick, I know you probably Me haven't too. seen it, correct? No, we, we, we want to. We just haven't had the chance. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I've looked forward to this movie since I heard that they might be making it a couple of years ago. And uh, I loved it. I mean, I'm not going to say that it was as great as the original, but the way that it was done, I think, was smart. It had aspects from both of the other movies. I mean, you had you had the time travel. You had the existential stuff from Bogus Journey. William Sadler came back as Death. He was know? the best. Yeah. Oh, he slipped right back into his role as Death, and he was perfect. Yeah, it was awesome. I love William Sadler. And I like the way... I, I have... Go ahead. I just... I, I, I have heard from, from you and from Steve Cogswell, of all people... Uh, and and now I guess Brandon, you've seen it. Yes. Yeah. Um. Just shocked. I am. I am. I am stunned by the amount of people who are saying this movie is actually good because I really thought good. this was going to be a train wreck. Now, here's the, here's the thing. This is not a movie. Like if I had had to if I had had to uh, devote my entire being to sit in a theater for for a couple hours to watch this movie. I might have been like, nah, it wasn't very good. But because I was watching it at home and I didn't have to pay through the nose for popcorn, I mean, yeah, you, you had to buy it, but that's yeah. fine. That's that's the only thing. is It's a little pricey for, for watching on TV. But, but 20 uh, bucks to rent, $25 you buy it. To, to own. Yeah, so you watch mm. it as much as you want. <laughs> um, yeah, and, so, and so that was the thing that, that, that made the math. Okay, I, if I was going to buy this anyway... Um, and I enjoyed it. I sat there, I watched, it, I enjoyed it. It did not have to be on a big screen, which made the at-home experience better. Yeah, I, I could have, but I, I probably, I would not have enjoyed it any better. Um, it was clearly a sequel. Yeah, it uh, had had some had some issues with. Uh, okay, they're they're trying to uh, draw a fine line between making fans happy and doing something cool. Uh, I think there was too much Bill and Ted in it. I that just just by a little bit, but also what oozed through this even more than the names are in the title. So, <laughs> well, I know, but I still think there was too much. Um, the uh, I I got a genuine. I have never believed the the marketing stories about how good of a person Keanu Reeves is. I have always been like his marketing, his marketer, his agent is so good at getting this marketing done and these stories to go viral. There's nobody who can, who can be this good. I felt that from him in this movie. And I was like, (laughs) okay, this feels genuinely like he's a good guy, but I don't know that that jives with his character. I guess it does, but that's not how I would have thought that this character would have evolved. But I guess that's the whole point of this entire movie. For all of that's, those characters, no, I, I liked it a lot. Well, that's the thing. He he's not at a point in his career where he needed to do this. You know, after, after he's made three John Wick movies, he's got another one coming out. Uh, he's he had a lot more success off the Matrix than he had off of uh, the Bill and Ted movies and stuff like that. He did this for his fans. You know, he did this for the fans of Bill and Ted that wanted it, so he did it. You know, he didn't have to. When you you get actors like Sylvester Stallone, 
if they want to keep their career going, they have to go back to some of their old characters. He has to play Rocky again. He has to play Rambo again if he wants to, you know, s- still be considered an action hero at 70, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think that, that uh, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, they did a great job of stepping back into the roles without it being a question of them acting like teenagers because if you've seen the trailer, then you know that the plot is that they, they're like 50 years old and they still haven't written the song that's supposed to change all of humanity and stuff. And so they're kind of dealing with that. Well, you realize that they've never moved on from that. You know, they've been focusing on trying to get to that, get that song their entire lives that now they're 50 and they're still Bill and Ted, you know, they've never moved on. They've ne- they don't have the careers and all that kind of stuff, you know? And uh, I, I think this is the point where John would be saying, all right, you're saying too much. now." Yeah. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not going to say anymore. That was all in the, yeah, it was all that in the was all in the commercials, but then John says, uh, I don't watch trailers. The, that was all in the <laughs> interviews that they gave when they were saying, Hey, this is the thing. This is a movie that I did not believe I was ever going to see until I actually sat down to watch it. That, so, that's where I am. And it, it's been because of, you know, comments like this that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch this movie. I, okay. I guess I have to watch this. <laughs> I did like at the end of bogus journey when they had, when they had kids and, and they said that their kids names were Bill and Ted. And you, I mean, Obviously, you you thought they were sons, and then you find out in this that they were daughters named uh, Wilhelmina and Theodora. <laughs> Bill and yeah, Theodora. I, daughters I, were probably I my remember so characters. little about Bogus Journey. I only think I saw it the one time. <laughs> well, I think that originally not- the idea when they were first breaking the story, they were planning for it to be two sons. And then they realized that they were just the the scenes with the sons. They were just kind of remaking Bill and Ted, so they changed it to daughters. I I, I like I liked how the daughters were uh, involved, and I liked how they uh, I liked how they played the children of these people and idolized their fathers mm-hmm. in in such a way, but weren't their fathers in the same way, but were their fathers in other weird ways. It was, I really, I, I, they, they were literally my favorite characters in that entire film. Yeah. So I'm not going to say why, but they just, there was just something, just, just some sweetness that struck me about the daughters that I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And I don't know if it's cause I'm an old dad now, or if it's because it, it was a new fresh take. Well, the actor that played Wilhelmina, uh, which is Ted's daughter, had they had uh, Keanu Reeves from the first Bill and Ted. They had that down. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Did a very good job of uh, of acting like uh, Ted, doing all the. And I don't know what it is with the flaming hot Cheetos and teenagers, because there's a lot of scenes. <laughs> Where Wilhelmina is holding a bag of flaming hot Cheetos, I'm like, yeah, that's a teenager thing. Well, I don't think they're they're teenagers. I think they're a little older than that. But yeah, my daughter my daughter loves flaming <laughs> flaming hot Cheetos. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move from that into uh, uh, something that neither one of you guys have seen. Um, and I, I I won't spoil it. I do want to talk about it a little bit. If John was here, I'd probably go more into depth with it because I know he's seen it. But Lovecraft Country um, is on HBO Max. And I want to watch it. Just, we had just 
gotten rid of our HBO subscription when it came out. <laughs> okay, so, so what is, Lovecraft Country is based on a book or all yeah. of Lovecraft's books? Or? It's based on a novel called Lovecraft Country, which is... Um, it's kind of like... I don't know if you've seen Castle Rock... Um, or no, but I know what it is. Yeah, they're 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 world building in a world where a lot of these stories kind of merge together. But in this story, Lovecraft, it takes place like in the real world where Lovecraft was a writer that wrote all these stories. But they're going but he got his inspiration from real events. Yeah, they're going into a, a part of the country that a lot of Lovecraft stories were written about, and the monsters are actually there, you know, but it's so, there's so many levels to it because that's not even, there's a lot of stuff about racism in this story, which is odd because, and not odd, but it's, it's, it's funny because, um, Lovecraft from everything I hear was was a huge racist, you know, but he he pretty much wrote the book on racism. (laughs) Yeah. And they deal, they, they, they deal with racism in a way that, uh, I've never seen it. You don't usually see the main character of the story. You don't see the racism from the main character's point of view where the main character is black, also a, a war veteran and also like really, really smart and, uh, and, uh, reads like has read so many, like all the Lovecraft stories. And then all the characters are that way. You know, usually you get like a stereotypical where this person reads a lot. Well, no, all of them read a lot, you know. And uh, and some of the scenes, uh, it takes place in the 50s. So there's a lot of racism going on. And it's stuff that uh, really slaps you in the face sometimes. It, it'll make your skin crawl that some of this stuff actually happened. You okay, know. this this confirms some of my some of the reasons why I haven't watched it. Yeah, well, it, it's good to know I pegged it right. It's uh, but it, it I can't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go too far into it because I don't want to ruin anything. But it's 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 a really really good show. I'm I'm enjoying it, and it's got a monster of the week quality to it. I mean, it, it has a it has an arc. They've only aired three episodes, but there is an arc. But they, it is like this week they deal with this. Next week they deal with this. But it's merged together. You know, there's a reason why it's happening. And then the next week they deal with something different. But there's an overall thing that's happening that's, that brings all of it together. So, um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend. I've even, I've started reading the book because I think that. See, my fandom is purely escapist. Yeah. And I have a hard time with these heavier subjects as ongoing things. I will watch a movie. Because I, I I can be like, okay, this is going to be two hours, and I can sit through it and get the message. I have a really hard time when TV shows cover things like this. Uh, for the same reason, I have not watched The Boys. Because of the things that it covers, I'm like, I know this is going to make my skin crawl. And I don't want to sit through two seasons of something that's going to make my skin crawl. But you I, get to the I understand. Go ahead. I understand that things were bad, and that things are bad for this group of people, no matter whether it's the boys or uh, Lovecraft country. And I'm trying to do my part in the real world uh, to try to make it better. 
in my opinion, a lot of these shows, the value in them are people who don't realize how bad things are to actually try to empathize with another character and be like, no, that, there's no reason they shouldn't have listened to that. Oh, it's because they're racist. Oh, am I racist? Like, that's what I think the value in a lot of those shows are. And I, I know I have a ways to go. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. Yeah. But I... But the fact that I know that, I like to think, at least, <laughs> means that, okay, the, not trick I, – I don't need to be – I'm not saying that these trick people into realizing what's going on. But some people, they're just not never going to get it. It's kind of what Star Trek did to me as a kid, I'm sure. Like, it made me think about it, made me empathize with people and uh, people other than myself. So, I don't know. I have a hard time when, when TV series that I have to invest myself in for long times are like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. Um, the uh, the the Watchmen series, yes, uh, was amazing, but some of those episodes were very hard to watch. And you know, I realize that being able to say that is is white privilege because I could be like, all right, I'm going to turn this off and forget about it. Whereas you know, a lot of people, that's their life life, you can't turn it off yeah uh so i you know maybe 20 years ago if i had tried to watch the watchman i might have not gotten past the first episode but you know the fact that we don't have hbo is kind of a convenient way for me to avoid the fact that there is an aspect of lovecraft country that i'm not no i'll be honest i don't want to see but i feel like i should see it but, you know, I, I'm, yes. I'm in the same boat with you, Brandon. I am very much an escapist. You know, there have been times when I've been watching things like Battlestar Galactica, the, the BSG reboot. There were some episodes where I was like, you know what? If that had happened in a Law & Order show instead of on a starship, I never would have watched that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm all about life sucks enough as it is out here in the real world. When I go into a movie theater, I want two hours of forgetting about that shit. Oh yeah. And I um, get that. And I'm, I'm the same way, but I'd, I'll tell you, you watch the episode there's heavy parts of it, but when it's over, you're like, I want to know what happens next. I mean, this, yeah. And it, it, yeah, it reminded me a lot of Watchmen in that, uh, in that way. And I'm the same way with a lot of these shows that deal with racism. I almost don't want to talk about it on the show because I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing and somebody, somebody's going to think, you know, uh, you know that I, I I said something racist or whatever. I, I almost don't want to bring it up. It's just because you have a southern accent. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's from Alabama. We know what he we we know he's a racist. <laughs> well, you know the thing but, is, but we've got to talk about stuff like this. Yeah. We've got to stop being afraid to talk about stuff, especially you and me, Sean. We, we as white people have, you know, this is where the change has to come from. We have to acknowledge this and we, we have to discuss it openly and not just go, I'm not racist. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, Brandon, were we talking about this when we talked about Black Panther? Uh, you, we did a live Maybe. show. Maybe um, we talked about a lot of stuff. And oh, I no, no, Boz and I were talking about that. This, okay. this is Boz and I were talking about it. And I was saying that, you know, I'm a racist, but I'm, I don't let myself do racist things. And I realized that's actually not correct because the words racist and um, bigot. Well, no, bigot's not even the right word. Xenophobe. There's the word I'm looking for. Being racist and being xenophobic 
are often used interchangeably, but they're different. Racism is a systemic thing. Xenophobia is kind of a human thing. You know, we're hardwired to notice the other. Um, you know, that goes back to, you know, when we were tribes of monkey men wandering through the, the savannah and so on. Hey, is that a tiger or is that Bob? You know, <laughs> you, you got to that that sort of stuff was a survival instinct. And it's still in that lizard brain back there. That person looks different from me. And then, you know, do I do I run? Do I fight? Do I you know, what do I do? So noticing the other being being concerned about the other being even going as far as xenophobic that's the hardwiring that's that's natural that is why i never believe when anyone says they don't see color they yeah and that that's that's a whole other yeah level of bullshit um but it's when you act on those in those impulses when you oppress when you create a system where someone is you know two people commit the same crime but the one with the darker skin goes to jail forever and the other one gets a two month fine and is in the news, you know, that it's, that's where racism, racism, right. And that's why there's no such thing as reverse racism, which a lot of racists like to, you said something bad about white people. That's reverse racism. No, there is no systemic oppression of white people by, by people of color in this country. And so there's no such thing as reverse racism. There can be reverse bigotry. There can be reverse prejudice that, you know, and it's not even reverse. It's just, it's, it, it, you it's know, bigotry and prejudice, bigotry and, and, and prejudice and xenophobia and all that stuff. That, yeah, yes, that happens. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's, as we're seeing in this country right now, it's not unjustified. You know, there's the, the, the trope of, you know, white white person walking down the street sees black people coming up crosses the street. I think black people are probably a hell of a lot more afraid of white people than white people are of black people for goddamn good reason these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, I'm building up ahead of steam. I need to back down (laughs) this a little bit. Um, But, you know, we need to talk about this. We need to, uh, okay, here's, here's where something snapped in me. Uh, Out of grad school, my first job I got teaching was at a, a small Baptist college in central Louisiana. And when I say central Louisiana, I mean, if you drew diagonals, because the state is kind of rectangular, where they meet is where I lived. It's Alexandria, Louisiana. And actually, it was this little teeny town called Pineville right next to it. Um, you know, if the country was to get an enema, you'd be able to see the pipe from there. <laughs> um, and my first year at the school, I didn't realize that I was getting, I was getting paid, uh, for nine months. It was my first job that paid nine months over 12. And at that point, there wasn't the option to get your paycheck spread out through the whole year. Like where I, where I work, where I work now, technically I get paid for nine months, but the paycheck is spread out over 12 so that, you know, there's no dip in, in, in getting paid. Um, so my first summer up there, I was like, shit, I'm, I'm unemployed until September. I need to, I need to find a gig. Um, and the only, and and the job I found was moving furniture for the school board because they were refurbishing a lot of schools. And so I got this job just going into schools and pulling out desks and filing cabinets and stuff and putting them on trucks and driving them into another school and putting them in. And I was one of two, there were like 12 of us and I was one of two white guys in the crew. And the other white guy was like in his four, like in his fifties or sixties or something like that. And there was me. And, and then the whole rest of the crew were black. And I was shocked 
because they all, all of the all of the the African Americans in the crew had no problems talking about color, talking about uh, you know issues of color. Whereas I grew up, you know, you you don't say this stuff out loud. Um, you know, you don't pretend someone's not black or whatever, but you just don't. You know, I've I've mentioned this before. My my maternal grandmother was one of those people who were like, no, I'm not racist, but yeah. and then the most horrific slurs would come out of her mouth. <laughs> you know, I've never in my life heard her say the word Puerto Rican out loud. Never it would always be, you. you know, those, the Puerto Ricans, you know, I'm like, it's where they're from. It's not a swear. What the hell is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and we had a blast, but, you know, the, 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 there was a little bit of, you know, I don't want to say mistrust, but it was just, you know, we're a bunch of people. They all knew each other. I didn't. You were the so new it took guy. a little while. Huh? Yeah, I was the new guy. But after a while, when they realized what I did for a living, they called me, they called me school because everybody had a, had a, had a nickname, you know, everybody had their name name, but then there was, it was cricket and hoppo. And, you know, that, I don't remember all of them, but, um, and they were great guys, but they had no trouble at all talking about race and about racial issues. And, or, and, and none of them were even, you know, like, they would they would talk about stuff that white people did in front of me. There was no self consciousness to them about it whatsoever, and that was a revelation to me because even amongst my white friends, we wouldn't talk about this stuff that openly. And I think that's a mistake. I think we need to, you know, yeah, like you said, Brandon, not seeing color is bullshit. That's discounting cultural nuances and and. And, and it's it's frankly a lie. Nobody doesn't see color. Um, but having seeing it does not mean discounting it and doesn't mean disparaging people for it. There's a lot of things about my my friends of color that I envy that I you know uh, <laughs> white folks are like Cameron in in uh, in Ferris Bueller, you know. You stick a you stick a lump of coal up our ass, and in a week you'd have a diamond. You know, with and <laughs> if you've ever been around a, a, a group of black folks when they are when they're telling stories about about just anything, and they're they they and I'm, you know I'm I'm generalizing of course when I, uh, but it's just the laughter, uh, you know, are, are I just I love how freely they'll just just let it go and and just. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but you know, the, these are subjects we don't, by shying away from it, we, we give ourselves an excuse to ignore it. Yeah. And we need to talk about this. Maybe yeah. not a lot more eloquently than I just did. Well, we need I, to talk about Disliking it. somebody just because of the way they look is stupid anyway, but, and it's a whole nother subject, but, uh, while we're on the subject, a couple of things white people need to stop doing. You need to stop saying that more white people get killed by the police than black people. Because, yes, that's true, but you have to look at the percentages. Yes. Um, it's it's like the COVID reporting yeah. uh, number. Like, I live in a rural county. We've only had so this many cases. We're doing really good. Well, well if you break it down, well, yeah, we've got 100 people that live in town. We've only had 20 cases, but we only have 100 people that live in town. That's yeah. not very good. Yeah. That, those aren't accurate numbers, but it makes math easier. Stop! Stop respond when somebody says Black Lives Matter. Stop responding with All Lives Matter, mm-hmm. because 
I know what you what you think you're trying to say, but that's not what you're saying. You're and there and I don't go to church every I don't go to church hardly at all, but um there is a Bible story that I know you've both heard. You know, the, you're talking Luke 15, I think. The, the 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 parable of uh the 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 shepherd that has 100 sheep and one of them goes and gets caught in the briar bushes or whatever and the shepherd leaves the 99 to go get the one it's like because the one matters that's the one that's in danger all the sheep matter but the one is in danger right now so go and save that one you know so um but so now that i've told the bible story (laughs) um (laughs) and i've lectured on race relations (laughs) i'm gonna do uh we got about maybe 10 minutes left. I want to do a, um, let me bring this page up. Hey, while you're bringing that page up, can I just mention real quick, uh, something about Mulan? Yeah, sure. Because, sure. because I know you, neither, neither of you have seen it yet. No, but, I'm going to watch it tonight. Uh, yeah. But M- Mulan was, uh, trending on Twitter and boycott Mulan was trending on Twitter at the same time, uh, yesterday. And, uh, Lee Yufei, who's the lead actress in it, she plays Mulan. Uh, she said some terrible things about the Hong Kong protesters. She's mainly in China. And so that's why people are saying we need to boycott this uh, among that. And also China kind of got to have a lot of editorial control over it. Uh, and that's why the boycott was there. But let me tell you, I watched it last night. And there was something to be said about watching a movie with the cast of all ethnically Asian people, uh, watching a lead Asian woman who was not romanticized or because she was exotic. Uh, heck, there was hardly a love story in it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it really wasn't if you, if you take it. But watching that while my daughter was sitting on my lap. As an Asian dad, seeing that I this is the second time in my adult life that I have seen an Asian uh, film with all ethnically Asians cast in it, and I'm a grown man, and it's only the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm not discounting Bollywood and things like that, but I am American, and so I'm talking about an American production company making it. Uh, and so, yes, if it needs to, there, there, that actress should not say things. Like she said, but there are also other things that will be affected if that movie is boycotted and it's, it's a, it's not clear cut and black and white. And boy, I, I, to be honest, even just story aside, probably my favorite Disney remake. Yeah. So no music, no dragon, but that's more culturally appropriate anyway. So that's that's uh, a a plus for me. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Score was handled beautifully, if you know the music. But the yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're gonna. Watch the only reason we haven't seen it yet to. is the thirty dollars price tag is. Uh, yeah, it's a bit steep. We'll wait for December. Yeah, um, we we did a garage door showing last night with my family and my sister in law's family. And, oh, cool! And a friend, and we were all outside and spread out and got to see it on a big screen. So we were happy. And, and you know what, folks? Just just from practical standpoint, boycotting a movie doesn't do any good because uh, at least if it's because of the actor. Because she's been paid. She got her paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. boycotting the movie doesn't affect her at all. It's like boycotting a TV show because of something that one actress... Like, I go back to uh, Roseanne. 
uh, oh. Roseanne Roseanne got um, canceled because of what Roseanne said. But at the same time, you're punishing the other actors on that show and all the crew and everything. So I'm very happy that they brought the show back without Roseanne. And uh, and is you know I've. I'm a I'm a fan of the show. I, I like Roseanne when I, when I was a kid, and the show now I think it, it's just as funny now as it was when she was on it. So yeah, uh, I, I've never been able to stand her. So even, <laughs> well, even you might like it now because <laughs> she's well, dead. Maybe. <laughs> uh, okay, here's some <laughs> trivia questions, and I, this is like a Trivial Pursuit thing, and I, I I've it, I've limited it to just entertainment questions. So uh, I'm going to ask these questions, and just the first one of you that knows the answer, just just say the answer. And uh, I, I, most of them are probably pretty easy. Uh, which 1970s sci-fi film featured a spaceship named Nostromo? Alien. <laughs> where does the Where does the answer come in? Wait a minute. You don't need oh, here it is. Yeah, Alien. Alien. <laughs> it came in from Rick. Now, <laughs> who were the five members of the '60s Rat Pack? Sinatra, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin. Um, mm-hmm. Sid Caesar? No. No. There's the there's two others that are that are I, I can never remember. I, I I don't remember the other two. Brandon, you know. Nah, nah, anyone that he didn't name. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, and Joey Bishop. Lawford's the one I could never remember. Yeah. Bishop, I, I know who that is. Lawford, I, I think I know who that was. What sure. town was the setting of the Andy Griffith show? Mayberry. Mayberry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where's round two? Uh, I don't know which one. I, I don't know which one of you said that first. So I'm just going to give you both a point. <laughs> you both said it at the same time. Uh, what 1980s TV show featured sisters Missy and Tracy Gold, respectively? It's two. There's two TV I was shows. What, what 1980s TV shows? Two TV shows featured sisters Missy Missy Gold and Tracy Gold, respectively. I was working in the 80s. I wasn't watching TV. All right. Missy Gold was on Benson. Tracy Gold was on Growing Pains. Uh, uh, Diane Belmont was the stage name of what famous actress? No? Stage name? Mm-hmm. Diane Belmont was the stage name of which famous actress? Well, I'm cheating now. It's, so it's there's Lucille, no it's Lucille Ball is the answer. Uh, Wait, isn't that the other way around? Not throughout her entire career. I don't. That's the. I'm reading it the way it, <laughs> the way it came up. <laughs> I think that, that sounds it like it could be backwards. the other way around. Uh, who said of his TV fame? To this day, people will call me Dan Arnold. Uh, John Goodman. Oh, okay. Again, <laughs> because she was she was Roseanne Arnold for a while. Uh, yeah. um, uh, what is Harry Potter's middle name? Turf. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Does he have a middle name? Yeah, I don't know how many times they said it in the books, but uh, Tiberius. Yeah. I have no idea. Christopher. <laughs> it's, it's James. 
That's right. That makes sense. That makes sense. In That's the, right. In the video game God of War, which mythical character must Kratos defeat at the end to finish the game? Zeus? The Titans. No, it's Ares, the God of War. Ares. The name of the game oh, is God I mean, of War. <laughs> I mean, well, that makes sense. That, that makes too much sense. I, I don't know. I've never played it. In I've, an, I've played it, but I never got past the ship and the big Hydra thing. At the ship. Boy. Oh, wait. The boy's in the second one. In the 1996 movie, uh, what kind of animal shares Joe's apartment with him? Roaches. Yeah, roaches. That means Rick wins. Oh, yeah, there was no doubt. Yeah. There was no doubt. <laughs> also, I, I, I question the time frame of these questions. <laughs> jo- Joe's apartment... Um, that was, I mean, that was a weird idea because that was a skit on MTV. One of those one minute, they, they used to have on MTV uh, a series where they called like 60 second movies or one minute movies or something like that. And that was one of them, Joe's apartment. And it wasn't Jerry O'Connell, it was some other dude. And it was the same concept. He's got a, ha- an apartment full of roaches and they, uh, and they do things for him. They're friends with him and stuff like that. And then they made the stupid. They decided to take that one minute and stretch it out to ninety minutes and make a stupid movie with Jerry O'Connell in it. Uh, well, speaking of uh, early MTV animation, I just when we were rewatching um, Lower Decks uh, on the CBS All Access menu, they've got Eon Flux on there. Oh, the really? Cartoon, the original cartoons, which I haven't seen, what twenty years? Yeah. When they were on, yeah, because that was part of Liquid Television for a long yeah. time. Just well, that you can segment. thank the Viacom merger for that. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think yeah. the Paramount and Viacom stuff. Yeah, because I think CBS All Access is going to get a lot more content out of that merger. Um, yeah, they they uh, are not afraid. They are not keeping anything really as exclusives, though. They're farming out rights to other streaming services. They make more money that way. Yeah. By the way, I can't uh, say the Eon Flex movie was any good, but I I, I never really saw it. I mean, if you were a fan of the of the original cartoon, it just really didn't stand up because you know the cartoon was just avant garde to the point of pain. Yeah, and the movie was just a kind of a standard dystopian action flick. Yeah, generic female led action flick. Yeah, that, which in and of itself is not too generic, which makes it sad that it becomes generic. Yeah, I, I was disappointed that it, you know, because I, I love Dion Flux, and if you and if you watch it, if you don't walk away from the episode going, "What the f just happened?" Then you weren't paying attention. <laughs> and the movie was just, it was just like any other action flick. It's just, who, who, it wasn't Shirley's the wrong. Yeah, it was Shirley's. Was Theron. it? It was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I enjoyed. That was it, a very was, early part that she did. Yeah. Yeah, but it was utterly unremarkable and unremember. You know. I don't. I don't remember what. This, I just remember her running on blimps or something. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, if anybody from Disney Plus is listening, um, in your menu, you never know. In your menu, uh, stop putting the Fox Marvel movies in the same lineup as the MCU films because. <laughs> They don't belong there. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> thought it was good on Disney Plus to put the Wolverine Origins movie in one of those big headers at the top. I'm like, you really don't want people watching that, I promise. <laughs> yeah. The... <sighs> or maybe yeah, they're trying to get people soft on Hugh Jackman so they can replace him as Wolverine. Because there was like, two yeah. There was two Wolverine movies. There was one that was X-Men Origins Wolverine, which was supposed uh-huh. 
supposed to be the first of a series. They were supposed to be doing a whole series of X-Men Origins films. And then... Uh, and it was, there. it was horrible <laughs> and it was like we didn't we didn't finish these special effects but here's the movie anyway and then well uh, they, they had rights issues they had to put out a movie so often or else yeah every right. five years they had that yeah and then uh they did another movie called uh just the wolverine, the wolverine or something like that that, that and one it was, was really good yeah it, it, it was it was a good movie i liked it um it featured stuff in japan so i'm i'm gonna like it yeah. regardless <laughs> Yeah, and then you get Logan, which I think is the best. <laughs> Logan was awesome. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, Rick, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, sitting here in my living room. Come on over. <laughs> I'll make a drink. I'll make a drink. No. <laughs> Go to Starbase Command. Can't do that right now. Uh, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, StarbaseCommand.net, where you can find Starbase sixty six and open the Iris and Infinite Diversity. And uh, and actually, I'll be I'll be recording a new Infinite Diversity very uh, next week. Um, because I'm going to be talking to Stu Perry. Remember him from, from, uh, for those about to rock. Oh, okay. uh, he and Will Tristram and a couple other guys have a, have a new podcast called the silly history boys, which is brilliant. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to talk to them next week. And so there'll be a new infinite diversity out for the first time in like a year. Okay. Uh, so Great. check it out. Brandon. My show's my show is called Fandom. I said Fandom podcast a lot, but I, we renamed it, and I always mess that up. Uh, so my show's Fandom. It, uh, you can find it over at geeknerdnetwork.com as well as the other shows on my network. All righty, and uh, that that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening. Get in touch with us. Leave us reviews. Ask us questions. Make suggestions. Just stay tuned. And announcer Nate will give you all the info that you need to know. Be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear Rick say, Oh my God, I didn't prepare. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. You can contact us by joining our Facebook group, following us on Twitter, or sending an email to CosmicPotatoPod at gmail.com. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. Be sure to join us again next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.